I'm just a boy from Kansas out to save the world from chronic disease. And I truly mean that. Nobody is in control of your health but you. I can't heal you. Your doctor can't heal you. You have to heal you. And it's all about having the education empowerment to know what you need to be changing within yourself, within your life, to set your soul free and accomplish that best life that we all like to talk about. And I truly believe that the greatest medicine of all is to teach people how not to need it. I'm Brendan Vermeyer, the original Holistic Savage. Welcome to the Holistic Savage Podcast. What's up, everybody? Back for another episode of the Holistic Savage Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Brendan Vermeyer. I'm super excited today. Uh, honestly, this is kind of an honor for me. We've got Dr. Brian Walsh here and have a really awesome conversation about all things functional medicine, blood chemistry, whatever else fits in. But Brian, what's going on, my friend? Not much. How are you? I'm doing awesome. So you guys, you said you're in Utah right now. Currently in Utah. Yep. We're right from Idaho into Utah and next is Colorado. Very good. Very good. Well, I'm super excited to have you on the show. So uh, I don't even know how much I communicate this beforehand, but my podcast, I mean, it's really kind of my passion project just to get a lot of good information, good energy, good vibes out there. So the show really focuses on functional medicine, functional fitness, functional spirituality, and functional psychology are kind of the, the pillars. And so every guest is, you know, an expert within one of those fields because it's all just holistic health, trying to empower people. And obviously, as this thing behind me says, Grace medicine involves teach people how not to need it. But uh, I want to kind of introduce you, you know, as we were just saying, organically. And, you know, this is something that honestly um, is kind of one of the biggest things is I have a ton of just respect and admiration for your just down to earth, non-egotistical nature, because in this industry, as I get deeper and deeper, there is so much, you know, ego and look at me, look at me. And, you know, and, and that's something that really resonated when, um, you know, I hosted you for that webinar and then I've been following your work for a while. So I think I really kind of first got tuned into your teachings with your uh, fat is not your fault. Uh, course from from back, you know, kind of when I was a personal trainer, nutrition guy, transitioning into more of the functional medicine world, and I just was amazed by the material. And I just attended your uh, blood chemistry seminar in Portland, and that was just mind blowing. So I'm super excited to talk to you all about that cool. today. So I'd love to hear you <clears throat> sure. tell us, yeah, wh what are you doing? You're in Utah and driving across the country, and yeah, I don't know if I can show you. <clears throat> so I'll see if I can show you. So here's the RV. That's, uh, you see it all right? Yeah, yeah. So that's, that's uh, we got f seven of us all packed in there. Um, and I got, I'm, I'm being attacked by flies right now. And <clears throat> um, yeah, in terms of humility, like it doesn't get worse than this. <laughs> I, I haven't showered in like, I don't even know how many weeks. Um, yeah, so we've all packed ourselves in there. It's my, my, my seven member family. We got five kids. The oldest one just turned 11. Uh, youngest is two. We're from Maryland. The, the short version is I had this idea. We, we homeschool our kids. And I thought, you know, I just had this, this hankering. Like, we should get an RV and just take the kids around and just drive. I mean, we can. I'm mobile. They're mobile. Um, and my wife said no. Like, it wasn't even a discussion. She just said no. Um, and then I thought, well, that sucks. So I thought about it more. I thought, well, what if, what if I lecture as I go, which I've never done. I mean, I've, I've mm -hmm. lectured for companies. I've... I've taught at, uh, in the graduate level. Um, so I'm familiar with, with lecturing and I've done it for a long time, but, but never on my own. And I thought, well, this, this could be either a massive 
awesome opportunity or a massive failure. And I had, we had no idea which. So, so I ran that past her and she said, you know, maybe like, let, let's give it a shot. We had no idea what we were doing. Uh, we'd never scheduled events on our own. And here we were not only scheduling one event, but trying to do 13 around the U.S. Mm-hmm. Uh, of these weekend seminars of this material that I was putting together. And yeah, that's the, that's the long and short of it. I think we've been, I forget how many states we've been through. I think we've been seven, eight, nine, like 9,000 miles so far, maybe, mm-hmm. driving around this thing. Uh, we've had ant infestations. We've been uh, at mosquito issues or I was telling you before our, our inverter blew out we almost ripped the back end off this thing at one point uh, we spent three weeks in central California at an at a RV parking lot because we stayed in there and then they worked on it during the day I mean this has been crazy but the whole goal honestly was to uh, to go back to basics you know and, and I think that the family unit is a mess today. Our family unit's a mess, but for different reasons. But um, the fa- it just nobody has any respect for that. We've we've lost faith in things. We've we, uh, you know, you mentioned spirituality. I'm not going to talk too much about that, but I feel like that's a mess for mm-hmm. us today. Uh, medicine's a mess. Everything's online, and and so we said, well, why not just focus on the family? Mm-hmm. Um, and as you saw, they they show up. It's not just this is not the Brian Walsh show. I I wouldn't be here without them. I don't travel without them because they're my everything. Um, and, the, and the other hand is bring the best of what I think functional medicine has to offer based on the literature today, uh, but not online, going door to door, you know, mm-hmm. like going back out to people and, and having these live seminars. So, so that was kind of the impetus for it. And, and I think it's gone pretty well. The, we've had a pretty good showing. Yeah, you were in Portland. I think we had about 60 people there, which is pretty good. We even hopped over to the UK for, for one event. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, the, the feedback from practitioners and attendees has been way beyond anything I could have could have expected. So that, that's the kind of a short version. Yeah. Well, I mean, how cool though? Like, I, I know you're, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're very humble, very down to earth, very grounded, which uh, here's the beautiful thing is I think we're in an age right now where, because as you said, everything is so disconnected and, you know, society really is just a mess. And I could talk about that all day, but I think people are really craving something that feels authentic and real. And so, uh, honestly, I think that, that I'd be curious, you know, this is a passion project that you're like, Hey, well, how about we do this? And, and it seems like it's going extremely well. Cause I know you kind of shy away from the spotlight a little bit, or you're one of the few that's not like, Hey, look at me, look at me. Cause there's, a lot of that going on uh, these days. But, you know, I think, uh, yeah, the family, the vibe and everything, because it was great. You know, I came out to Portland and, you know, there's your wife and there's your kids and uh, just we're all here to learn. And I I really liked how, you know, as opposed to I go all all these different functional medicine conferences and it's like, you know, here's the the flashy lab booth and the supplement booth. This was so refreshing of like, we're going to sit in this classroom we're going to talk science and good vibes and we're going to learn together. Yeah, no, I mean, and that, that comes with its problems too. Is so if, if my wife is with the kids, like I don't have tech support with me. I, I have to be the one that tells people where the bathrooms are and make sure that, I mean, it's, it's a, it's, it's not a, it's not a glamorous production at mm-hmm. all. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, we've had, we've definitely had our little bumps uh, in the road with that, but yeah, there's no, there's nothing else to sell, man. And, and, and the reality is, is, is any of these, any of these people that, you know, you could name names about the egos, they, they wouldn't be where they are without people 
that right. have supported them along the way, whether it's other mentors, educators, uh, researchers, or in my case, my family. I mean, I, I would not be able to do what I do if it weren't, if I didn't have my wife to support and help me. And if I didn't have my kids to motivate me and distract me, quite honestly, too, I, I um, you know, I sometimes, I laugh at people that, you know, have, have no families and have no anything. And uh, I just think, like, if, if that was my situation, the stuff that I could accomplish, or I always talk about these uh, self-help people. Mm-hmm. They'll say, you know, wake up an hour earlier and, you know, spend uh, an hour meditating and, you know, affirmations and yellow sticky post-it notes on. I'm like, how the heck you get up an hour earlier when you're darn, like we had the CO, the, the carbon monoxide uh, thing go off at three o'clock in the morning the other day. They didn't go back to sleep. I didn't go back. I'm not, I'm not getting up at five in the morning to meditate, do yoga, have my hour of power. Like it, there's no such thing as that stuff when you have all these kids. They, yeah. I mean, I'm, I've been sleep deprived for like 10 years because of them. The, we still have a kid in the bed. Last night, I think we had two. I have, I, anyhow, it, it's a mess. But, but my point is, is they're also my inspiration and my motivation. Yeah. You know, like they're, they're why I do this stuff. I would be just as happy. I know that this is a stretch, you know, working at Costco in the morning stock in the freezer. That's a job. You know, if it supported them, that's all I need. But this is, you know, they, 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 they motivate me and inspire me to want to do more. And, and I think it's good for them, too, the family unit. Like, so they see dad talking at these things, and, and I think that's cool for them. And, um, you know, my, my wife and I brought some of our exercise equipment, and so we're outside of the RV in these weird RV parks. You know, doing exercise around all these, I mean, I don't mean to be stereotypical, but let's say people that don't exercise very much that own RVs. Um, and, and my kids get to see that, you know, and yeah. I think that this is, this is, it's just all good, man. Like the, the, the seminars, the information, what the practitioners get, um, the kid, like this, that's what the whole purpose of this was, was just to have this sort of awesome yeah. experience for everybody that's involved with it. And crazily enough, we only have, I think, four more events and then we're, uh, we're all done. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think that's kind of the big thing is uh, I, I know that, you know, you, you make jokes about being uh, ready to be done. And there's been a lot of, uh, you know, just I don't want to say setbacks, but things that, you know, you're having to tackle that are always uh, glamorous. But how, what a freaking cool experience, though, that you and well, the whole right. family are going to be able to <laughs> totally share right. for, you know, many years to come. And I think you're really yeah. on something with kind of the family thing, because, yeah, you know, the the almost like disease of the ego that has sort of consumed uh, society these days. But also then it's like, then you have these people sort of trying to separate from that. It's like, no, your morning routine and da, 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 as you were just uh, alluding to. And it's a lot of focus on the individual as I am my own entity and I am holier oh, than right. thou and, and all that. And it's like, but what about the, the social interaction and the family unit and, and being a tribal species, which is, kind of stuff that you alluded to in your seminar with like the purpose, which was probably my favorite part of the whole thing. Yeah. My too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, look at what's a selfie. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) good Lord. And, and, and and selfie sticks. I was, we were, um, where the hell were we? I think it was a grand. I don't remember where we were. There was a person walking around had two selfie sticks on (laughs) on himself at the same time. I was like, what one isn't enough. First of all, a selfie stick. Yeah, really. Second of all, you have two of them, like for a better angle. Like, what yeah. is like? You don't get any more narcissistic than that, right? And and the number of people that we've seen. There was a woman at SeaWorld when we were in San Diego, that she was standing in front of the the orca thing, 
and, and videotaping herself with, with Shamu's or whoever was behind them. And I was like, we used to just take pictures of Shamu. Yeah. Not me with Shamu. Yeah. Or like panning around. I, I, it's just we live in this crazy – and I, I, you know what, man? I think it's so bad we don't even realize how bad it is. Yeah. In the narcissism and the, mm-hmm. the, the ego and, – and not egocentric in thinking that I'm great because I actually think most people don't think that they're great. Mm-hmm. I think that most people are suffering from loneliness and feeling like an imposter in some way mm-hmm. and not liking themselves – and why would you, if you go on social media and you see everybody's great physiques, how much someone's lifting, what kind of food they're eating, and their perfect family, mm-hmm. which, I mean, my, I don't do that stuff, but if I were, I'm fat and white and hairy. I don't live nearly as much as I used to. Uh, my kids are usually, one of them is usually screaming or crying yeah. at, at a given time. Um, and, and I would make everybody feel better about their life. But, but people don't post those pictures, right. you know? Um, and so anyways, I think people are, in, but, but so we're so focused on ourselves and, and like that last hour of the, the weekend seminar was about eudaimonic versus hedonic mm-hmm. pursuing happiness and very few people are doing it by serving others, by serving a greater good, whatever that greater good might be. And right. I just, I think that that's such a missing piece nowadays and we could talk about the family unit, but who's, you know. I don't know. I don't, I don't like to disparage anybody, but um, I can't, couldn't dream of bringing my kids to the gym and dropping them off at daycare while I worked out. Mm. And, I, and I've seen kids screaming in the daycare and the, the daycare worker going over to the, the mom, for example, on a treadmill and saying, your kid's screaming over there. And they're like, well, I'm not done with my workout. Mm. Excuse me? Like, mm-hmm. anyhow, no wonder, no wonder people are screwed up today. Right. Uh, anyhow, so, yeah, I think, I think, um, I don't know if it's the family unit that is and, and the, the dissolution of the family unit that's causing the problem. So if people had stronger families and family units and we didn't throw our kids into preschool right away and, and off into school, if that is what's spawning this, is that kids are lacking love and attention and they're trying to seek it elsewhere. Or if, if you know, basically, I'm not sure what comes first. That, that's my big mm-hmm. question. I don't know where it's broken down. Usually, it's not one place. Usually, it's a whole, whole uh, confluence of things. But um, I'm sorry. I'm watching wasps trying to get into my RV right now, if you want You're to good. know exactly what's happening. Good yeah. Luck. Yeah. No, I mean, the wasps are very concerning. I totally get it. But, you know, I think... Uh, yeah. You know, one time I was thinking about it, and I feel like social media or the internet... Uh, it, what you see on there is, is a, what they choose to project is a direct reflection of their ego. You know, what do they want you to see and, totally. and all of that as you're speaking to, uh, and I always kind of, you know, think of it as sort of this, uh, you know, drunk on instant gratification and sort of high on the American dream sort of thing. And everybody wants that. And yeah, I think it, a lot of it comes down to a lot of, uh, ego fragility and kind of these voids in the soul that they're trying to fill, you know, um, and, but yeah, where does it all start? Who knows? But that's, that's exactly, I, I love hearing you speak to this stuff because that's exactly what, you know, my podcast I'm, I'm very passionate about is, um, you know, what do I do to uh, make a living? Like, well, I work with clients privately and try to help them reach their health goals, but it's so much more than that. And, and I think <clears throat> one thing I loved about your, your matrix and your model, uh, your kind of hierarchy of uh, helping people 
you know, includes that psychology and, and the purpose, you know, what is your purpose? Because I, I think a lot of more holistic healing type professionals, you really start realizing that a lot of these people, they kind of put like the blame and all of their issues as like, oh, well, this thing happened to me and a lot of victim mentality. Sure. Uh, and it's like, you can't really heal. Like, you know, if you're only focused on physiology and you're not even addressing more the the psychology and the, you know, the purpose. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, that's a whole area too. <clears throat> um, yeah, well, <clears throat> something that I've grappled with too is like bad things happen to people and it, it leaves a mark. We're humans. Mm-hmm. It's, I think, I think how we deal with that. And, and in many cases, you know, this, one of the things this trip has been awesome for is, is just my wife and I talking. I mean, we drive for hours, hours. Yeah. The kids are in the back doing, usually trashing the RV. Um, but my wife and I, we were just talking about this between wherever we were and wherever we are now. Um, how in most cases, when you look at it, someone's motivation most cases, not all, is either chasing a thing or running from a thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and we have this tendency to either, like, shove things away, suppress it, don't, don't even uh, look at it, consider it, or glorify it and highlight it. Mm-hmm. And we're so darn extreme. And I, I want to say as humans, although it's definitely in industrialized countries. So when you look at that, I mean, instead of, so if something bad happens to you in your life, we could shove it down and say it doesn't matter, it isn't important, everything else. And then what we end up doing is running from that because we know that there's this dark cloak over this thing sitting in the back closet that's there subconsciously. You you know you're doing that. And Mm -hmm. so that everything you do, you know, if you try to bulletproof yourself mentally and, and get five degrees or you try to bulletproof yourself physically and you're, you know, super strong and ripped like, like myself and you. It's easy to talk to you about this. <laughs> um, or, or whatever it might be, like, you know, so that you, you, you're not touchable. So you, you can't be broken. You can't be cracked. Mm-hmm. Or <clears throat> we tend to glorify it. And instead of this thing that we cloak and we stuff in the closet, we bring it out and we put the spotlights on it. And we're like, look at me and this victim. I am as a victim and look what happened mm-hmm. to me. And, and I'm going to, I identify myself as this. And when we, when I meet you, I'm going to shake your hand and, and let you know about this part mm-hmm. of my life right away. And both of those are completely, I don't want to say completely dysfunctional because they're serving a purpose. But where is the, this happened to me, it's real. It's probably why I'm doing what I'm doing right now, but then to try to let it go, if that makes sense. You know, Mm -hmm. to acknowledge that something was there, that it happened, that it was present, not to glorify it, not to shove it away, and to realize that, again, what what motivate, like, like, you know, I'm not going to ask you directly here, but, you know, in terms of one's pursuits, when you look at what they're interested in and how interested and why they're doing it, the why Mm -hmm. is such an important piece of this, like, so you're, you know, you can deadlift 500 pounds and you have big pecs and abs and, you know, all these different things. Why are you doing that? I'm not saying you, just in general. I mean, that happens to be you, I realize. But, um, <laughs> or, or again, like, so, so someone has multiple degrees and lets everybody mm-hmm. knows about it. And every time they, you know, they, why are you doing that? Is it because, and, and, and this is where, I don't know, it, it depends on the person. Is it because, like, 
you know, you, your parents didn't care about you. You're the, the oldest or the youngest or wherever it might have been. And you had some issues and you needed to prove yourself or you were in charge of the family. So you had to be bulletproof. So you continued to be like at, a, at an earlier age than you should have been. Or, you know, maybe you had issues at school and maybe you're a fat kid or whatever it is. Like the thing that I think we're not doing is, is looking at like looking at what it is we're doing, just mm -hmm. being radically brutally honest with ourselves. Yes. Without any judgment, because that's the other thing. We're so darn quick to judge others and ourselves. Don't mm -hmm. judge. Be like, you know, I, I don't exercise as much as I do and I, you know, or eat this way or whatever. And who cares? It's like, maybe you were made just right. Maybe you were made perfect. And maybe who you are right now is who you're supposed to be in this like great universal cosmos of whatever's going on and not to judge it and be like, you know what? I do this X following thing. And then the question is why? And really think and really be honest because there's no right or wrong or good or bad about it. Be like, holy crap, I do this because of this. And then what's cool about that is you can decide to keep moving on with that the way you're doing or, or change it. Mm -hmm. And that's such a that's such an empowering, amazing place to be. I don't know. Mm, um, yeah. Just off topic, I had to share this with you. It's a really stupid story, but it happened right before it was, I was looking for the link for this thing on our on our call. Getting back to the family thing. So I'm sitting here. I showed you the RV. I'm eaten by flies. Uh, I was right, right over here. I took a video of it. There was a, a mom and dad quail and probably a dozen little baby quails following along. It was super cute at first, but then my wife is reading this book and I don't remember the name of it. It's really interesting, but this is how stupid I think we are as humans because I'm watching these. They were, they were walking past me for like 15 minutes. The cutest little cute. I've never seen baby quails before. And the mom and the dad, we're eating, but we're also like watching out for danger. And the little babies had no idea what was going on. They're just like, mom and dad are going this way. I'll go this way. And, and mm -hmm. they were happily eating. And I was looking at that. You know what we would call that today? Helicopter parenting. Mm -hmm. And how bad that is. All these helicopter parents are, no, bull. Like, mm -hmm. if it weren't for the parents watching out for these babies, I might have gone over there and eaten them. Yeah. You know, and so mom and dad were, but you know, we, so that's the way nature rolls. But yet if, yes. if I watch my kids on the playground, I'm a helicopter parent. You're going right. to take me as that and judge me as that and label me as that. Yes. You know, and, and that's the problem is we, we're so getting back to us. We're so quick to label and judge and categorize and put into a box. But yet all you need to do is look at nature and be like, well, mom yes. and dad quail, were taking care of their little 12. I have five, 12 baby quails looking out for danger because they're not ready to go out into the world yet. Right. But yet I'm a helicopter parent because I care about my kids and I'm spending 24 seven with them and I watch them on a playground and don't let them run off by themselves, you know? And like, and, and, and I talked about this during the weekend too, but confirmation bias. Mm -hmm. So all you need to do is have someone that feels parenting is one way, another person. And then all you, then you find the research and the papers and the examples like I just did the examples that support your, your cause. And then you fight about it on social media because everybody has to be right because you can't be wrong because there's something wrong with being wrong. I mean, that's, yes. that's what I'm saying. I feel like we're just, we're just royally screwed up. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no matter how you look at it. Yes. And I feel, and that getting back to this tour, that was the whole purpose of this man is to like support the family, not my, I mean, support the, the, the family unit, take away the ego out of this industry where, I think there's more egos than we even realize. I think it's mm -hmm. such par for the course that we don't even realize how bad it actually is. So anyhow, um, but yes, so the, the judgmentalism and the, the labeling and, and 
I don't know what the I don't know what the antidote is, um, but but we sure are trying. Yeah, and I think I think you're probably helping with that too. You know, I'm I'm doing my part and asking myself why every step of the way. That's, that's um, such a big question. Yeah, it, it really is. And you know, something I've almost been uh, you connected a lot of dots there in something I've been sort of I don't know hypothesizing or wrestling with is you know like what is the ego? And I've kind of come up with this idea of I I think. <laughs> Because the, the deeper I go down the rabbit hole of science and physiology and biochemistry and all this stuff, yeah, the more it really kind of points back to nature and Darwinism and evolution. And so like with the human ego, I almost kind of think of it as like this primordial mechanism of self-interest to propel us towards continuity and reproduction and da 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 Because it's like if a species doesn't have any intrinsic desire to continue, it won't. You know, so there has to be some kind of biological driving mechanism and whatnot. Um, but either way, though, I mean, I almost kind of think, you know, in today's cushy, super soft society, you're just talking about these these quails and everything. And there's this Instagram page called Nature's Metal, and it's like a really popular page, and it's literally just animals eating each other and tearing each other apart. And so it's 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 kind of that brutal reminder that nature's savage. Nature is life, death. You oh, know, you're you know, yeah, always has been. And then here are we humans overcomplicating the shit out of everything. And, you know, I think this is almost like uh, when when the human species is not consumed and um, occupied with survival, uh, or or really it's we are still all trying to survive, but instead of the natural world, it's this artificial virtual reality society and ego is just projected everywhere. And we're still all you know, under threat with chronic disease and, uh, you know, the mental plague of expectation and judgment. And so I think that's almost kind of part of what it is, is you look at the way that the bipedal hominid species has existed for thousands of years versus how it is now. And I think we're in such an interesting phase of human existence where you look at uh, how much life for us in society has changed in the past, you know, just the past 50 years, like these didn't exist. I got my first flip phone at the age of 15 and it was T9 texting. Whereas now you got, you know, two year olds that can navigate an iPad better than me. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't, we didn't have uh, flip phones when I was 15. Yeah. I imagine not. <laughs> no, we were just talking with our kids about uh, when, when we first started, when my wife and I first started using the internet. Yeah. You know, like when, when, when email was just created and, and for these kids, I mean, to have, what, what was my, the nine-year-old was, was just asking me something. He couldn't get his head. <laughs> I, I was talking, so I was in college and, you know, there's the first email, first like beginning websites, HTML coding was all there was. There was no Java. There was no anything flat. There was nothing of that. <clears throat> and, uh, and, and, and I was talking to him prior to that. He's like, so wait, you didn't have like Safari. I was like, no, I, dude, like there was no internet. You don't <laughs> understand. Like there was no Safari because there was no internet. Yeah. And, and he couldn't even wrap his head around it. You know, like it's, and, and yeah, the, the two-year-old, the two, you should see the two-year-old on iPad figuring out how to swipe and swish and do all these things. And mm -hmm. yeah, no, I, I hear you. Um, no, it's, it's interesting uh, what you're talking about because I think, you know, about what the ego is. And I, so, you know, you, you might, I probably won't be looking at that Instagram page. I don't think animals eating each other is that exciting to me, but um you know, humans are different. We are animals, but we're, we're animals with, with, you know, the unique ability to 
that we know of, mm-hmm. um, you know, have certain emotions and be logical and rational and think uh, in ways that supposedly animals can't. Um, and, and I believe because of that, that there are periods when perhaps survival is not on the forefront of our existence and that when as a part of a community that we don't really need to focus on survival because we know, which I don't know that an animal knows or not, or there's a subconscious in an animal or not, that we know that we're being taken care of, that we are a part of a community. And as that community, the whole unit is stronger than in each person individually. And that in that, in that time that there is, I, I honestly think, I think your, your question about what is the ego is a great one. And I don't know the answer myself, but in, based on what you just said, thinking out loud, is I would think that if one was a part of a community, and, and I mean, you know, like a, good, a real community, that the less one was considering their own survival, the less there would be need for ego. Because if ego is self, then listen, during times of survival, that's probably going to help you keep you alive. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I'm going to think about myself because I'm the only one there is to think about in the middle of this dark forest with lots of scary eyes and growling going on around me. Mm-hmm. Um, but when a part of a group, I don't think you need the ego anymore, which then if, if, you, if you transpose that onto human existence nowadays, why the heck is there so much egocentrism? Mm-hmm. And I would suggest is because everybody, I mean, look at people are fighting to be number one. They're trying to be number one in an argument as to whether keto or vegan is better mm-hmm. or wh- whatever the argument of the, the month is uh, dietarily or supplements or like, <laughs> or exercise or carb front loading, backward loading. I'm waiting for carb upside down loading. Cause I haven't right. seen that one come out yet. I mean, how come many in. ways are there to, how many ways can you manipulate carbohydrates and yeah. just how, and how, and how stupid we get. We're like, you know, I, I mean, I, I, this is how I think, but if somebody eats a certain way and trains a certain way in 10 years is going to have a certain physique and something tells me whether or not they not, they stood on a Swiss ball or used a kettlebell or carb front loaded, backwards loaded or upside down loaded. I don't think it's going to change their physique that much in that period of time. You know, you grab mm-hmm. heavy weights, eat a lot of food and you'll probably get bigger and stronger. Anyhow, mm-hmm. um, so, so then why, why do we focus on all the stupid crap all the time? Why do we, why do we split hairs? And I, I think it's beyond that. I think we've already split them. We're trying to split them again mm-hmm. over this minutia of stuff mm-hmm. that truly doesn't matter. And I think somewhere we know that it actually doesn't matter. But yet we get in these long, drawn-out debates about things and arguing and screaming about who's right, about things that don't matter, never have and never will. And then why so much of that, that, that ego? Why so mm-hmm. much narcissism? And is it, and then you get back to the other bit, is, is it narcissism or ego, egocentrism for survival's sake? Or is it compensating for the fact that you feel lonely and unhappy and disconnected and all these other things on the inside? So I don't know, but when I, when I look around, and listen, I don't think I've got to figure it out by any means. I mean, um, I, I spent much of my life thinking in, in, in the wrong way, which has been somewhat corrected when you kind of hit your own personal hell or rock bottom. Um, but no, I, I don't know what the answer is, but man, I just, I, I look around, I just, I just, you look at, you can, and it's not just social media. You know, you can, you can look at people nowadays and just see, I mean, we're on these campsites and on the other hand, it's not, I, I can't say it's everybody because we'll come across, we'll come across on this trip, like 
that stereotypical, awesome old couple who's RVing and going around. And they are awesome. They are like, we, we, we joke, my wife and I, because we don't really have a whole lot of friends. She has more than I do. But we, in our head, we're like, do you want to be our friend? Like, will you be our old couple friend that we can, yeah. can talk with and chat with? And, the, and you could just see when people have it together. They're, yeah. they're, I don't know what it is, man. Like, they're, just, they're, they're happy in their skin and their body, and there's, there's some degree of self-actualization. Mm-hmm. And then we'll go to other campsites near some big lake, and the partying and like and the and the toys that these people have, which listen, I mean, I'd like a jet ski and an ATV and all these things. Sure. It'd be great fun with the family. But the way they like flaunt it and show it off and and mm-hmm. and you know laugh loudly around their campfire to make you know I don't know, man. And then so it's this has been an interesting tour. So not everybody's like that, but there just seems to be so many, so mm-hmm. many today, and yeah. getting and older. People that, that you'd think had their, their stuff together by now in their 60s don't anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, they were the elders. They were the ones that you'd go to. And nowadays, that generation, the baby boomer generation, I, I, they don't have their stuff together either in some cases. Anyhow. Sorry, this is like the doom and gloom podcast. Sorry, man. This is no. to talk about. We should talk about the citric acid cycle. Much <laughs> no, this is the stuff I live for, though. It yeah, no, I, I, I did Getting too. into that substance of life of what is any of this, you know, David Goggins always kind of, which not that I fully agree with every, you know, he's, he's his own man, but he's all kind of uh, doom and gloom with like, Hey, life is kind of this existential reality that none of it's, it's like, he calls it psychological warfare that none of us are prepared for when we enter this world. And, you know, I get what he's, you know, pulling at there. And I think people are so consumed with, um, you know, pursuing the, uh, the image of the perfect human experience that they're not actually present in their human experience. And, you know, I have this like cute book that's all, you know, spiritual daily affirmation, whatever, but it's all about like, uh, uh, what's it saying? Something about like experiencing your, you know, best life or whatever by being present with the life that you have, you know? So that's kind of the whole thing is like center back to like, what do you actually have here? But yeah, people will, you know, split the hairs over and over and over and uh, hyper fixate on, you know, playing around with their carbs and macros through my fitness pal, anything to avoid looking inwards and, and totally. looking at those uh, totally. emotional traumas, anything to avoid that. Sure. Um, yeah. I think people need to be a little bit more brave and kind of take that inward look. I, listen, <clears throat> I, uh, so I'm, I'm running this mastermind program um, for attendees of this tour and somebody, it's to do case studies. And so somebody presented a case study. It was a, it was a 60-year-old uh, executive, way high up in the company, high pressure, high, high stress, high pressure. But the dude is like rocking it. He's exercising and he's, he's eating well. And, he's, and he wants to, he's seeing this practitioner to optimize his performance and optimize his brain. So I, I don't know who this is. I can picture this like, you know, fit, exercising wealthy and and she said like he has all the gadgets he has the aura rings and she named mm-hmm. set out all these things that he has and so when i when i went over this case with her in in the group you know and 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 in his i forget his blood chemistry oh yeah massive oxidative stress so his uric acid was high normal his bilirubin was low normal his ggt was high normal so he's like screaming oxidative stress and i, I go over some of these cases i forget he had a couple other things going on Oh, he's doing keto because he feels like he, he, he thinks better when he's on it. I mean, the, he's that stereotypical sort of like 
bulletproof, high mm-hmm. performance, looks great, is probably pretty darn healthy by, by most standards, has all the gadgets. And I threw that into to the, the case review. I said, you know, when you see something like this, is he chasing something or running from something? In which case, health, and listen, and other industries do this too. Finance, financial industry is the same way. You can get into the stocks and, mm-hmm. you know, and just be totally fixated on any, anything to distract us from what you were talking about. Mm-hmm. And, you know, macros and gadgets and all these things. And I will just tell you, so as a part of this case study, we were just at this place in Idaho. I think it was Idaho. Uh, Massacre Rock uh, State Park, uh, which was the a part of the Oregon Trail. And so <laughs> when I go, I, I do all the planning for this whole thing. Like my, my, my wife and kids are just like those little baby quail. They're just like, yeah. where's, where's daddy taking us now? So we showed up to Massacre Rock and my wife was like, Massacre Rock? We're, we're staying in somewhere called Massacre Rock. <laughs> and there was a place in there that was called like Devil's Gate. She's like, what are you trying to do to us? Yeah. But it was called this because on the Oregon Trail, which I knew very little about, I will admit, prior to this, um, there was this there was area that uh, the, the travelers, settlers would have to go through. There's these huge rock formations, and it was like such an amazing spot for ambush by, by Native Americans that they called it Massacre Rock. There was no massacres there, but they, you know, these old settlers from, you know, the 1800s, they called it Devil's Gate because that's where you're going to get killed when you went through. Yeah. Um, but there was no such thing. It never really happened. <clears throat> Anyways... So we were looking at all these Native Americans and these pictures of these people, and I was looking at these Native Americans. I was like, none of them had an aura ring. Yeah. Like, n- none of them, they, they, in fact, they had nothing. Yeah. They barely had any clothes. You know, they had, they had a, some kind of weaponry. They had a, they had a horse, <clears throat> maybe some shoes or clothes or whatever. They had some shelter. They had food. But they didn't have aura rings. They didn't have, I don't even know the gadgets. I can't even list any more out. But they didn't have that. They didn't like eat their certain things at the certain time before they went out and rode their horse. And then, you know, within a 15-minute window afterwards, mm-hmm. ate some bison, some pureed bison with, you know, lots of plantains or whatever the heck. But yet, yet you'd argue that they were on, on, on no <laughs> specific diet in terms of like regulation. They slept when they slept, and they probably they probably slept well when they slept, but they also probably didn't sleep well because you know there might have been intruders or animals coming along. By all those, they shouldn't have been healthy, but they were incredibly strong and robust and resilient. And I don't think they had to go see a therapist. Mm-hmm. I think bad stuff happened to them. They probably like lost their brother or sister or dad or something or some time for something and sucked it up, and that was life, and that's just what they did. Now I don't think that we should model native americans per se but like they also probably weren't you know drawing selfies of themselves on the rocks right because it wasn't about them right you know um anyhow so i looked at that and then i and i i we were just there and i transposed that onto this guy whoever this this case was i'm like do we need all this stuff i think that there that throughout human history there's plenty of cases where we didn't have all these things and we were i i will say not only just fine but I would argue maybe even healthier in some ways. And then people will say, well, we're living longer. That's a bunch of crap. We're not living really longer. Are. The yeah. chances of us living longer are greater because of things like modern medicine, antibiotics, and those kind of things. But the, the lifespan hasn't changed. Life, if that makes sense, versus, um, forgot the other term, lifespan. 
I forget what it was. Um, like our chances of getting to a certain age have increased, but the age that we're going to get to has not changed. Mm -hmm. That's always been pretty, pretty consistent. Um, anyhow, so, so, you know, going back to what you're saying, health and no offense to you, podcasts, podcasts and all this stuff are amazing distractions because we don't have to think about a thing. Totally. Like we can look up the next supplement that I should be taking or the next diet that I should follow, or I was five grams over my carbs and I should have been today. So mm -hmm. I need to do 15 minutes of cardio tomorrow to like, give me a break. Yeah. What person when they die right before they die, I was like, man, I sure wish I spent more time on the treadmill. Right. Or, you know, I really, I wish I had managed my carbs just a little bit better. Most people are like, man, I sure wish I ate more ice cream. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's like everybody is so, you know, in, uh, in all the biohacking and everything. And as oh, God, don't with, even, you I, know, I <laughs> with all the, the, the gadgets Biohack. and things and, you know, uh, it's, it's nice hearing you speak to all of this because, yeah, it's just like, why are we overcomplicating everything and it's it's all this thinking and, and not enough like actual feeling nobody wants to feel it's scary something's gonna hurt vulnerable you know all this stuff um but yeah instead we live in this age everybody's looking at the what's the next flashy gadget or and so then kind of turning this into talking about like your blood chemistry education and tour i love all that where you know yeah we're talking about it's it's all the flashy distractions and all the ego uh, and narcissism and stuff going on and it's just blasting our society and so yeah everybody's kind of looking externally for whatever thing to oh you know my problem is I'm not tracking my sleep enough or um, I heard one person kind of joke about like intermittent fasting um, you know so millennials started skipping breakfast and now we call it intermittent fasting it's you know the yeah. latest rage and you know it's funny it's like how about we just eat what we're supposed to eat when we're hungry and stop over overcomplicating everything. But also, you know, that's a big thing with like the blood chemistry is, you know, day one of the seminar, you're like, look, instead of, uh, you know, going over a 15 page, most beautiful color graphic images, brand new lab that may or may not have a lot of, you know, third party validation. How about the non-sexy yeah. black and white, you know, blood chemistry. So I'd love to, you know, to make sure we do, cause man, I could talk about all this stuff all day. I want to make sure we get to, um, some blood chemistry stuff. So <clears throat> blood chemistry, I love how you're, you know, in this industry, which is in, in this whole world, as we've clearly depicted by this point, a lot of chaos, a lot of craziness going on, a lot of ego. Um, and I love how within the functional medicine space, you know, you're really kind of grounding us of like, all right, what is the most scientifically validated form of testing that we have and why are we not using it more effectively? Cause right. I think that's something where um, like even in my position, I'm in charge of a lot of practitioners and trying to guide them. And something I've had to learn through my own experience is like how to be a good consumer in a free industry. You know, any lab can start up any time or supplement, um, but how validated is it? How useful? So I'd love to hear you speak to, you know, your, your rationale behind, blood chemistry a little bit well no i think you already spoke to it it's pretty easy <clears throat> we um we're always looking for the next greatest best thing mm -hmm. and so when given the option between a 15 page color awesome diagram like beautiful diagrams um a report or a two page black and white serif font 
blood chemistry will we'll go towards the latter. I mean, we like shiny, sparkly stuff, and then that, that's what we're going to go for. We like better labels. I mean, just look at olive oil labels. You go for the, the one that has the coolest looking label and then mm. says organic on it. <clears throat> um, <clears throat> so, you know, my, the, the quick story of how I got involved in blood chemistry was, so my wife and I went to naturopathic school and um, we, had a, we had a course on blood chemistry. But when we started seeing patients, knew that we just didn't really know. We didn't know enough. And, I, and there was this, this is what was interesting to me is there was some little bug in my head that was like, there's more to this. Mm -hmm. You know, I know what you were taught. And, you know, I know, I know your textbooks that you can go to as reference, but there's got to be more to this lab. There has to be something else. And so we looked around and there was a, a weekend course that was taught, put on by a supplement company on, on functional blood chemistry interpretation. And we had no money. We just graduated. Um, <clears throat> we scrounged up anything we had and we both went. And it was a game changer. I mean, it, was, it was great because it talked about these functional ranges, um, these patterns. And, of course, it was a supplement company, so a bunch of supplements that you could give based on certain patterns. But, man, it, it, it blew my mind. It was awesome. The problem was is, is that we came back and not all the patterns really showed up. Mm -hmm. um, and if a pattern didn't show up, I didn't know the physiology of the markers to think through it any further. So we were taught, you know, if a red blood cell hemoglobin hematocrit's low, MCV, MCH, MCH is high, this is what it is. Well, I was like, well, what if it's a high MCV, a, a normal MCH, and a low MCHC? I was like, I don't know what to do with that. I was never taught that. Mm -hmm. um, so then I had physiological defects, not the kind that causes disease, but in my knowledge and understanding. And so that was a problem. The patterns didn't, and then the supplements that were recommended for certain patterns didn't change the patterns. And so, again, then the physiology part lacked, and I thought, well, I don't know why this didn't work. And then the last part was the ranges. So it was these functional ranges were taught, and the story that I tell is true, is I had a patient that took this information to her doctor, and the doctor said there's no such thing as functional ranges. Like, mm. that quack is teaching you a bunch of, and I don't like to be, like, you can call me whatever name you want, but I don't want to be able to be called a quack, if that right. makes sense. Totally. Um, so, so none of that really worked. And then that was, I don't know, I don't know how many years ago now, well over a decade ago. And so then I started reading. And I decided, and I, I told your audience this, that albumin was my first mark. I, I looked at albumin. I was like, I don't even know what this really is. I think it's egg whites, but I, why would you have egg whites in your blood? Mm. So let me, let me really read what albumin actually is. And I read about it and where it's made and why it's made and I, I learned a lot about albumin and all of a sudden it was kind of like the matrix, like things just started making sense and I could look at an albumin and not need a book or a, or, or, or a binder that I knew what it was. I thought, man, that is a great feeling. Mm -hmm. What else can I read about? And, and it hasn't stopped. And I just, I kept reading more and more and, and then I'd get these ideas about calculations. I'm like, surely someone somewhere, some researcher has decided, has figured out a way of calculating whatever it was that I was interested in. And I would look and man, I just, I keep looking and looking and looking and I'd find optimal evidence-based optimal ranges based on scientific papers. So instead of saying, you know, sodium should be between, I don't know, 139 and 145, where'd you get that from? Well, I got it from a seminar. Well, where'd they get it from? They stole it from so-and-so who, where'd he get it from? Uh, nobody knows. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's the true story in the blood yeah. chemistry world. I, I know who came up with this idea. God bless him. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant person that came up with the idea of functional ranges in the first place, taught for a certain supplement company. A couple other guys stole that information. One used the, the ranges with a supplement company, the other for himself. 
other people have done it. And it's, but you notice it's all the same ranges, man. It came yeah. from the same person in the first place because everybody's just parroting what everybody else said. But there was no papers on this stuff. So I spent a long time. And some of my ranges are similar. And some of them are different, but they're based on studies. They're based on papers. Mm -hmm. um, and I will continue, and I'm not happy with what I have. I will continue to look for better updated ranges based on uh, more modern uh, uh, research. Like, for example, you're in Portland. I think I, I came across a paper that said that a C-peptide shouldn't go up above 1.8. Prior, I had 2.1. Um, but that's how, that's how dynamic this is. This is not mm -hmm. static. This is not going to stay the same. So that, that's the story. Like, I just, I'm, I'm passionate about it. I love it. It's the most scientifically validated test of anything out there. You could get a lab. I've gotten labs in different languages that I didn't speak, by the way. Mm. I, I really don't speak much. I don't even speak English very well. But I think it was in Danish. And I swear to you, like I could have gone into Google and I could have – I didn't. I looked at the word and I looked at the range. Mm -hmm. I was like, that's hemoglobin. Mm -hmm. And I would go through and I would see how many of these markers I could figure out what they were based on what the word kind of looked like. And some of them, I'll tell you, weren't even close. Potassium, good Lord. Potassium in Danish, I don't know what it is, but it's not, nothing close to what we have, I think. Yeah. But because of the range, it was a game. I was like, I'm going to figure out what these are. So it's internationally respected. It's crazy inexpensive with the amount of information that you can get. And you went to the seminar. There's way more information that you can get from a lab than what's just printed on there. You know, the, the, the neutrophil lymphocyte ratio or... Um, like the fatty liver index or viscosity or osmolarity or all those things that I covered. Like why? And then I just stand back. I'm like, why the heck would we have pe patients and clients spending hundreds of dollars on a lab mm -hmm. that only looks at like gut function? Right. All right. So now you know what, and I don't even really trust most stool tests. Now you know what may be going on in the, in the gut. What about anything like anything else outside of the gut? Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying it's not a valid test or the organic acid test, which is, a, listen, if there was a cooler biochemistry test, I, I don't think there could be. I, I do question its accuracy. I will just go ahead and go on record saying that for a variety of reasons, which I'll come out with later. Um, but where's thyroid on there, you know, and, and, and where's glucose regulation on there? So why not spend a $100 test? Read between the lines on the on the on the markers, which you know I've, I talk about during the tour, and get ex extract tons of information on a scientifically validated test that we have scientifically validated reference range, optimal reference ranges, and new information about markers that mm -hmm. like, I know you've been into blood chemistry for a while, mm -hmm. and I'm, I'm not going to put you on the spot and ask you this. My 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 hope and sense is is that a guy who's been into blood chemistry as much as you have to go to that weekend seminar that you learn more about certain markers than you previously knew, not because I'm any smarter than anybody else, but because I happened to do a lot of digging in the literature to say, what else could we come up with with Billy Rubin? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, and, and I'll just give you an example. And this isn't anybody's, well, like, like, uh, you know, low cholesterol related to, you know, fungal infections or there's all sorts of stuff that's tossed around out there, but there's no scientific evidence for it at all. And, you know, I always bring this up that Western science and, and there's so much money for studies. There's someone somewhere that could write a grant that wants to look at low cholesterol relating to a fungus or high cholesterol relating to fungus or whatever. But how come it hasn't been done? 
Mm-hmm. You know, like I don't think there's a big conspiracy theory right now saying we're going to suppress all the information we have on fungus and, and cholesterol relationships. So if it's anyhow, if it's not out there in the literature, there's a lot of I, I, I personally, it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. But I try to do an evidence-based practice as much. And this, you know, what's cool about this conversation is we started talking about about these global, you know, purpose, universal things. And so, and we're bringing it now to the the micro, which is kind of backwards, I would say. Mm-hmm. But I'm saying that because I believe in a universe. I believe in God. I believe in a universe of infinite things, man. Like, I don't think we have any idea what's possible. We're so narcissistic as humans on earth, by the way. Yeah. Um, So I say all that. I try to have an evidence-based practice as much as I can because that's that's the world that we live in right now. Yeah. If there's a practitioner that wants to, you know, balance chakras and, and, and burn incense and, you know, tap, tap, I love myself. I be- listen, I'm not saying any of that stuff is bad. And I actually think a lot of that stuff, there's something to it. Mm-hmm. But in our world, I wanted to have an evidence-based practice so that evidence-based or, or Western medicine, so that I can make an inroads, so that I can speak the language of conventional medicine and go into them and say, listen, I speak your language. Mm-hmm. Look at all this stuff that is in your journals that you're not taking the time to read, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think we'd have a hard time convincing them about chakras. I'm just going to yeah. throw that yeah. out there. So, that, that's, so I say all this because do these other, are these other tests legitimate? Perhaps. Mm-hmm. Um, do they have uh, some clinical utility? Maybe. Are they third-party validated tested? Rarely. Right. Um, but so just, you know, you asked me why, because this is so tangible. You can, you can, it's, it's like dirt. You can put your hands in it. You can feel it. You can look around in it. It's, it's, there's so much literature on this stuff that nobody's even exploring. That's constantly coming out. It's never going to go away. Uh, you're probably, I don't know if you're too young for this one, but uh, there was a certain lab that used to offer, uh, it, was a, it was a detox um, test lab, and it used uh, aspirin and caffeine, I think. Mm. Where did it go? It just poof disappeared. And, and I, I, don't, I don't know if you noticed, I don't drop any names. Yeah. But one of good. the most well-known people in the functional medicine world would talk about how great this test was, run this test, detoxification capabilities. You have to do it because you don't know what kind of detoxer they are. Um, if, if it comes out this way, you need to support this detox. If it comes out, I seriously have wasps like trying to infiltrate my, my RV. That's so not good. Um, then you might need to support this detox versus this one, but this test is gone. This test has disappeared. It's not offered anywhere. And the reason why is because it wasn't a good test. Mm -hmm. It didn't look at what it was supposed to look at. Yet we as practitioners for years had patients spend money on this thing and told them that they were a certain kind of detoxifier and then supported those kind of detox with certain things. And then the test is just gone, disappeared. Mm-hmm. Where'd it go? I say that because the blood chemistry test probably isn't going anywhere. It's right. probably going to be around for a really long time. It's been studied for a very long time. And I, like I said, I, it's, it's not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. And so, and it, it's not going to like SIBO. I make fun of SIBO. It's real. It is definitely real. But where did that come from? All of a sudden, everybody's talking about SIBO. What's the next big diagnosis? Something else. We're going to get bored with SIBO and something like Candida was huge for years. Yeah. 
Where did it go? Now it's just the conversation that people have. Same is going to happen with SIBO. It's so anyways, that's why. It's mm -hmm. a solid test. There's tons of evidence on it. We could do a lot of awesome stuff with it. There's far more information available about it than is being taught. There's misinformation being taught about it. And I just decided that it was time. Mm -hmm. It's time to try to raise the bar a bit. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you did. I literally, you know, I'm looking up at my <coughs> pseudo bookshelf and uh, let's see, there's one, two, about three different blood chemistry books. I'm sure you'd recognize all of them and the authors and all of that. Or I even have a sticky note right here that happens to say uh, cholesterol less than 150, look for mold, which was like a little pearl that I got from somebody that sure. may or may not have any validity behind it. And, you know, when I um, uh, really made the transition from like, okay, fitness, nutrition dude to, okay, now, you know, lab testing and all of that. Um, I felt like the model was, uh, you know, one, one of my big things, I think uh, a big barrier that people are facing with getting help, um, you know, is the cost. And then, you know, insert long conversation about insurance and healthcare and all of that. Um, but obviously like with functional medicine related stuff, people are really just paying out of pocket for the most part. And so one of my big things has been, okay, well, I want to help more people more cost, effect, uh, cost effectively. And so, you know, as soon as I kind of graduated from one program, I'm like, all right, how can I help people more effectively get more information, you know, kind of more bang for the buck. And so the, the two things that I just uh, intensely started pursuing was knowledge and blood chemistry. And then you mentioned organic acids, um, <laughs> which... Uh, I don't know if it's a bad time to say I'm building a course on organic acids as part of a system, but, um, you know, uh, anyways, but it, all about being more cost effective. Uh, and as you're saying, the blood chemistry, yeah, I was just watching this uh, documentary, the um, Silicon Valley out for blood. I don't remember what her name was, but I didn't know it was a real oh, Theranos. Thing. Yeah, the yeah, Theranos game. That oh one. boy, that, that was a mess, wasn't it? I didn't know that was a thing until I saw the documentary and I was like, wow, this happened? Because it was Absolutely. Not that yeah. long ago. I'd yeah. say you're too young, but that just ha that wasn't very long ago at all. Just happened. Yeah. This yep. was a, a huge thing. And so literally I'm watching this documentary because I've already been thinking and feeling some of what you obviously you're way more experienced in this industry, whereas I'm kind of a uh, young up and comer, so to speak. And so I'm starting to have these like observations I'm like well something something feels off and I think that's why I definitely have gravitated towards your teachings is you're really grounding it back into like well what do we know versus what we don't know and I loved you know what you were saying over the weekend of like guys you know the running joke of like people are not deficient in curcumin um, you know or uh, how well do you really think we have you know hormones figured out or, or the microbiome figured out or genetics and and that's the thing people are just spinning out of control in all these different directions I literally just got a, you know, Instagram message the other day and, you know, a friend was all excited about getting involved with this, okay, genetic test and then um, customized formulated supplement that they formulate off your genetics. And I literally was just like, nope, sorry. I just, I don't even want to look at it because there's just like, yeah. there's, there's, <clears> I don't want to say no anything. Way. No, no, I, and like I really don't. I don't like to to upset people. I mean, there's enough upset people, and they get upset too easily, anyhow. Too. Um, but you know, if I'm being super honest about it, so the the piece that I did in the seminar that you're talking about was, as I said, how long have we been studying anatomy for? 
Yeah. We've been dissecting the human body for 475 years, yet we're still finding new body parts. Yeah. And, Quintus. you know, and, and yeah, the quintuscept and, and the, 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 the new ligament <clears throat> or the fact that the interstitium is considered a new organ. And not that long ago, the adipocytes were considered an, or as a tissue is considered an organ. Um, you know, I, I joke around about Pluto and a planet. Yeah. You know, it, it was and then it wasn't and now maybe it is again. And, and, and I use all those examples because the thing that I marvel about, one thing, getting kind of back to what we were talking about way earlier is if we've been wrong in the past, what makes us think we're so right right now? Totally. And like that is something that I do not understand is that we'll look back and, and we'll realize, we'll look back and think, well, pellagra. Pellagra was a black fly bite, but it turns out it was niacin deficiency. But like you understand, articles were written on how we must eradicate the black fly because when we do, we will then solve this issue of pellagra. Mm-hmm. Like, and understand, understand what I'm saying. They, they were, there was no question about it. Mm-hmm. This causes this. Therefore, we must get rid of this. It's the scourge of our society. And, and then it turns out it was a niacin deficiency. And they're like, oops. <laughs> and, and, and I look at it now. And again, I'm not trying to disparage anything because I, I feel like I know less than anybody. But, you know, do we really know what causes Lyme? And there's people that will listen to that and be like, yes. All right. Well, good. I'm glad you're confident on that because I'm not. Or HIV. Mm-hmm. As from an infection. We've been wrong about infections before and what causes them. Um, we've been wrong about cholesterol. We were wrong about eating multiple small meals to ba- balance and manage insulin. And it turns out that that was almost completely backwards. Um, low fat, non-fat, and now it's all fat. And, and I look at this, I'm like, what makes any of us think that we are so right now mm-hmm. when we have been so wrong 10 years ago, 100 years ago? And so when all of a sudden we're able to test, so Carl Sagan, I don't know, again, you're, you're too young for me to even barely talk to you. <laughs> um, but Carl Sagan was, uh, we'd, we'd watch his videos like in, in eighth grade science class. Yeah. Probably still do. He's, he, he called it uh, technological adolescence was yes. the term that he said, and I love this. Because I don't know how you were as an adolescent, but when I learned that WD-40 was slightly flammable, I would, I would play around with it. Not going to like, what else could I, what else might be? Right. And so, and, and that's what you do as a teenage boy is, you, you know, you say like, wow, this is cool technology. What else can I use this for that's probably yeah. destructive? But that's what we do is we're like, oh, x-ray, that's a cool technology. Let's, uh, let's x-ray uh, babies or yeah. mommy, mommy who's pregnant. And we're like, oh, bad idea. Mm-hmm. Um, Oh, we can, we, can t- we can test genes. That's cool. We're still, insulin was, div- was discovered 100 years ago, and we're still finding new things out about it. Why do we think that we know everything there is to know about leptin yeah. or gene testing or right. all these different things? Right. You know, and, and I, you know, I mentioned in the course uh, uh, GIP uh, mm-hmm. or the, these in- intestinal hormones. There was an original function to them, which is why they named them. Then they realized there was another function. They had to rename them, but they used the same letters so as to not confuse people. Like, what the, in the world makes us think mm-hmm. that we're, we're right now when we've been wrong so many times before? So gene testing, can we look at them? Yes. Do we have any idea what to do about them? And I know, and I've had people yell mm-hmm. at me about it. I think no. 
Mm -hmm. I said that at one of the seminars. Oh, good Lord. Talk about confirmation bias. Right. I said that. I said, you know, if, if the, the world experts in genetics, the ones that could just, you know, eat us up and, and spit us out for lunch because they're so smart with genetics, say, we can test these, yes, but we, know, we don't know what to do about them. Mm -hmm. I'm going to listen to them. Mm -hmm. This one woman in the front sits up and she said, well, no, but they don't know about, you know, I don't know, epitopes or this or that. I'm like, oh, shut up. Like, mm -hmm. really? Mm -hmm. you're, just, you're just trying to prove that what you're doing is right. Yeah. And, and anyhow, so organic acids, you know, I, listen, I'll just, I'll tell you, I was planning on doing a course on it myself until I started looking at the literature. <clears throat> um, I think it's a great test, but I think to put all of our stock into it, it's not a great idea. Yeah. Um, and, and like you, you alluded to, if we're still looking, if we're still finding new body parts, despite the, so let me just put it this way. If you were looking in your toolbox for 475 years and you, and you still found a new tool after looking for 475 years, I would start to question just about everything else in my life. Yes. Does that, does that make sense? Oh. Like, I'm not trying to get way off on a tangent on this, oh. but if there's, if, if we're still, if we're, if we're deciding that something is a, is an organ that's been there the entire time, like, oh, that's not a tissue, that's an organ. How well do you think we really have hormones nailed down? Right. You know, and, and, and I'll even say, there are some that I think we have better ideas about, like the citric acid cycle. Mm -hmm. But, oh, I hear screaming children, great. Um, maybe that's our, our tip. But so that's what I mean, is how can we be so darn sure right now about the diets that we're recommending. Yeah. We were just low. We were non-fat about a decade ago and now we're all fat. Totally. Did people forget that? Yeah. Like, and I know I'm kind of ranting. This is me ranting. It's good. This is, I don't really rant. This is about as much as it gets. I'm not angry. I just, I'm confused. Yeah. And so that's why, and going back to what you're saying, I don't think we know much about anything. I don't think we know about the microbiome or the yeah. genome or the metabolome or testing or any of this stuff which is why I think the, that blood chemistry is the most tested lab that's ever been used. So why not stick with what is we know or believe to be the most accurate thing to get the mm -hmm. most information from? And sorry to say, but like the organic acids, how new is that? Yeah, the technology not, is yeah. old, right? It's old technology to look for inborn errors of metabolism. Yep. But then we decided to start throwing, and then, <laughs> this cracks me up, is like you might have, a certain organic acid tests that you offer as a lab. And then I look at yours, and I'm like, well, what other markers can I add on mine? Right. And how more colorful can I make mine so that everybody likes mine more, which is what the supplement industry does, which is why you get 10,000 ingredients well below any kind of dose that's even going to be effective. So anyhow, I just think that, I think that in general, we're a lot stupider that we make ourselves out to be. Yeah. But getting back to what you were saying earlier, I think we got to own it. Yeah. Oh, like totally. I'm, I'm saying we're stupid. Yeah. I'm saying I'm stupid. And you know what? Like, that should be okay. That's going to yeah. be my Instagram post. I, like, I'm stupid. And yeah. I love myself for being stupid. I'm totally. a human being who makes mistakes, and that's okay. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. I think we need Absolutely. to be okay with where we are. And maybe it's okay not to know things about the body and how it works. Or, you know, to, to I like the phrase, wear, uh, wear life like a loose garment. Yeah. The more dogmatic you are, when something comes out that suggests that you're wrong, the more screwed you are. Yeah. That makes sense. Absolutely. So, oops, keto. Keto turns out is bad for you. Yeah. And all these keto freaks, of which you might be, sorry. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> no. Or they might be listening. 
and, and I call them freaks. It's just because the dogma. That's all it is. Sure. I, I listen. I love a ketogenic diet. Is my favorite diet to follow. Like, I can eat cream cheese and bacon all day long. Oh my god! And I'm in heaven. So good. Yeah. So good. I just don't think it's the healthiest diet. So I, I unfortunately don't follow it very long. Um, but the, the more dogmatic you are, the more followers you get. By the way. Totally. But then when you're wrong, you're going to either look like a total fool. Or you're going to scream and yell to try to prove yourself right. Oh, yeah. And that's just a horrible spot to be. Yeah. So, <clears throat> anyhow. I love that. You know, it's just uh, something that <clears throat> I've found myself thinking uh, and observing more and more the deeper and deeper I get. Again, it's just uh, common sense, nature, the natural order of things. And, um, you know, definitely the, the more I learn, the more I realize how little I know or really anybody knows, which is, you know, a huge thing you're getting at. And then I happen to find like, oh, you know, Hippocrates has a famous quote about that and all these other, and I'm like, oh, okay, well, yep. good. I mean, if that's what they were thinking, then this is probably a decent way to be going rather than confirmation bias. And also <clears throat> this, uh, you know, there's this YouTube video, it's a Ted talk called, uh, why you think you're right, even when you're wrong. And, uh, you know, it goes into warrior mindset versus scout mindset of warrior mindset is this egotistical us versus them, me against you. Um, I have to be right. And so confirmation bias is really right. the punchline versus scout mindset of just, I don't know anything, but I need to be able to do some recon and report some accurate observations totally. to help. So it's like, let me, I don't, I don't know anything. Let me blank slate. Let me just observe. Let me just watch. Let me just spectate. And, uh, you know, I think part of it too is this kind of like existential universal insecurity. And I think, uh, you know, it's not really, we're not very productive when we're allowing ourselves to operate. I think you almost have to make peace with it. You know, you have to like, uh, <clears throat> to accomplish nirvana or whatever, like make peace with that existential insecurity of like, Totally. Yeah, I don't know anything. I That's don't what know I'm anything. saying. And it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. It's okay to be wrong. It's yeah. okay not to know anything. I was just waving at my wife. You want to come on here and be the famous one that supports <laughs> me in everything that you do? Yeah. Show the world. I couldn't do this without you. No? All right. She's going into the RV. Oh, uh, Julie. I'll turn, my, I'll turn my computer to show you. All right. Just want everybody <laughs> to know you're the more. She's, she's, I'm nothing without her. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Uh, yeah, no, but, and that, and that gets to the same thing. So, so two pieces on that one is I never heard about the, the warrior. I, like the reality is, is as much as I would like to, I don't have time to listen to podcasts or Ted talks or anything. It's either, yeah. it's basically my family all the time. And then if I can find time to research some things, that's about it. Um, no, but that warrior scout fits right in with one of the slides that I have at the beginning of the, the seminar. It talks about uh, confirmation bias and having been right or, which is pride, which is confirmation yes. bias, or, or seeking the truth. Mm -hmm. And that's the scout that you're just talking about, is standing back and saying, all right, I'm not going to be, I, I want to know what the truth is about this, and I don't care what's thrown at me. Mm -hmm. versus, versus the warrior, what it sounded like to me from what you're just saying was to have having been right in the first place. Mm -hmm. um, and and that, that's, uh, it was interesting to hear you say that that was what, in a much more elegant way that, that, that I had had there. But that's what I'm saying. Like, it's, 
the reason for, I mean, going back to the Native Americans and their belief system or different religions, the reason for these things usually is to, to answer some of those insecurities so that we don't have to feel insecure because otherwise, why the heck wouldn't a you know, Native American sitting on the plains of Idaho way back when looking up at the sun or the moon or the stars being like, like what's the purpose? Mm-hmm. Well, we have this built-in system that we're teaching one another um, that this is the purpose and this is the, this is the answers to all those questions that, that you may be having. And now whether it's a Native American or if it's an endogenous endogenous uh some indigenous endogenous indigenous from some other part of the world um that like that's that's what that's why i think a lot of these different things exist is and then and then coming back to it's okay like it's okay i think i just i'm telling you man like i and julie and i talk about this all the time when we're driving but you know whether it's the fitness industry and muscles and abs or implants and whatever or like all the stuff that we're artificially doing to the human body to make our, ourselves look a little bit better, you know, whether it's injections of the, I mean, <clears throat> like I look at that and, and I know, I know this is hard to believe. This is actually true though. Um, I don't know how old you are, but when I was your, I, I used to almost deadlift about 500 pounds. I was probably like 230 at like, I don't know what my, I never did my body fat, but I was pretty lean yeah, and, and pretty like, solid. Dude, now I'm probably I was 230, <laughs> but I replaced all my muscle with fat. Um, <clears throat> and and I oh, I had bookshelves, dude. I used to read anything I could possibly read, and and all these things. And so I, I'm I'm saying that to you because like who I am today is nothing what I was. So I was fitness and nutrition first. You know, I just watch out where you're going with this because I did that and then I did the labs and then I got five kids and then I look nothing like I used to. So you better watch out. (laughs) I'm just, I'm warning you as a tip. Yeah. By the way, best birth control ever is me bringing my five kids in an RV to your house. (laughs) You look at that, you'd be like, geez, forget it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Or, or it'll change it, change it and you see that you want to want a family. Um, But like I, that's, that's who I used to be. And there was a reason for it. You know, I used to want to be the strongest person in the gym and the leanest person and, and intelligent and, and, but then I realized the reasons for it and how many people identify with a certain thing and then are no longer that thing. And that's what leads to loneliness and depression and all these things. And so getting back to your insecurity bit and, and like, it's okay to be insecure. It's okay to feel stupid. It's okay to look stupid. It's okay to be, you know, whether you have large breasts or small breasts or big muscles or small muscles or abs or no abs. Like if, if you were to go, if you were to learn that your life was going to be over in about an hour, none of that stuff should matter. Yeah. How come we're putting how come we're putting so much importance on things that if you found out that you had your life expectancy was really oh that was the that was the phrase I was looking for before your life expectancy was really short all of a sudden if those things wouldn't matter when you found that out why the heck do they matter now mm-hmm. why are we not why are we not asking those questions as to why we are who we are and what we're doing what we're doing here what's our purpose I told Mark Twain had that quote the two most important days in your life are mm-hmm. uh, the day you're born and the day you figure out why. Yeah. Like, why are we focusing on the aura rings and, you know, the ORAC value of goji berries or, you know, whatever is going to help draw more water into my muscles. So when I exercise, I feel a pump and I, it's clearly going to make me bigger and stronger when, you know, if that stuff was, if it could be taken away and you end up not feeling like who you are anymore, it wasn't, it wasn't a part of you in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. 
Yeah. So no, I, I love I love what you're talking about. That it's okay to be insecure. It's okay. It's okay to question things. It's yeah. okay not to know who you are, and and to to sit back with that scout mindset that you said, and to not look. For, I don't think you could find. I don't know. I I don't think you can write your purpose. Mm. I think you have to let your purpose find you. Yeah. And so that the warrior would be like, I'm going to write down, you know, the things that I love the most so I can determine my purpose in life. And I'm going to write my mission statement for myself as my purpose. And people do that. And that's cool. Oh yeah. But I tend to think that our purpose, whether you like what your purpose might be, tends to find you. Yeah. If that makes sense. Absolutely. Um, so anyhow, um, but it's, it's all like, I just wish people, I, like I said, I, my, my wife doesn't like me to do this. <clears throat> I describe myself as uh, fat, pale, and purry, uh, furry, not purry, furry. Um, because if, if you own certain things about yourself, nobody can t- tear you down. Yeah. You can be like, dude, you smell. I'm like, you know what? I probably do. Yeah. You're probably right. Or you're stupid. I'll be like, you know, there's nothing that you could say to me that I haven't internally probably said to myself at one point. Totally. If that makes sense. Yeah. And, and then that, that gets back. I, I'll, I'll wrap up this thought with this. So getting back to the, the social media and the external validation, why the heck? If somebody's really, truly strong, and, then, and they know they are, do you have to, you have to post how strong they are <clears throat> is to get external validation from it or the hashtag blessed. I'm blessed. If you really, truly feel blessed, do you need other people to tell it to you? Right. If you do, then you don't really feel blessed. Yeah. You're looking for it from, if you have to post how strong you are, you don't really think you're that strong yeah. or, or your abs are really not that lean. Cause like if, if you're lean and you know you are and you love yourself, you don't need to post that picture of yourself and have other people tell you that you are. Yeah. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> it, makes, it makes more sense than more people. Most people are going to want to hear. And that's exactly what they need to hear. You know what I mean? I just, it's, but, and, and I'm not, I'm not trying to upset, but that's, to me, is the yeah, truth. Totally. Is if you feel a thing, you don't need to, and, and to think of times in your life, well, or just think of right now, are there things that you irrefutably know and therefore don't have to post it? Right. Because you don't need anybody to tell you that you're right because you already know in that truth. Does that make sense? Yeah. Live your truth, <clears throat> your truth, you know? Or, or like, uh, you know, these people that are, you know, into, listen, there's all types. <clears throat> like these people that are, you know, like a born-again Buddhist kind of person that really likes Zen and Buddhism and it's cool and it's, uh, yeah. you know, and you can, you can meditate and all this stuff and, you know, or, or what is it? My wife calls it. She called it something. Not the imposter syndrome. Humble bragging. She didn't make that up, but she told me about humble bragging. I, I don't know anything about any of these things. Um, but when, when people do humble bragging online or will people will put someone else down, but it's really to make themselves look better. And then the little, you know, the responses that people do like, dude, what a profound response. I'm like, that's not profound. This person is lonely and, and sad and they're trying yeah. to make themselves feel better and get external validation for it. So yeah. I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. I think it's just to love yourself no matter who you are, yeah. wherever you are in your life. Yeah. I believe that we're all made perfect. So you're made perfect who you are right now. That might yeah. be, fat and and or whatever or dumb that we all have certain talents and skills and abilities that we're so good at we're so yeah. good at and just because you have other ones that you're not as good at like i suck at writing i i read oh man i read what some people write i'm like i will never be you and i sure wish i were but that's bad 
Yeah. I may not be good at writing, but I'm probably good at something else. Totally. And so like, that's what I mean. Just to own yourself, love yourself for who you are. I suck at writing. I suck at basketball. I mean, these, these, I suck at spelling. I, if you asked me to spell a word right now, I couldn't do it without writing it down. I mean, that's just, you know, like just to own who you are. And so yeah. because of all that, I don't, like I said, I don't know if this is the antidote, but I can tell you with all those things, I'm happier than I've ever been in my life, man. I used yeah. to, so I don't know, take it for what it's worth, but yeah. Well, I mean, shedding the expectations <laughs> and uh, starting to be, you know, who you authentically organically are instead of trying to be what you want others to perceive you as and um, you know, all these things, but yeah, I, you know, I have these kind of weird rules of life I try to live by and you're kind of speaking to all of them. Like one of them is own your shit. You know, I think if yeah. people started owning their shit a little bit more, you know, they might be onto something there instead of kind of these, these almost like lies to themselves. But no, I'm, I'm totally picking up everything. Like I, we could talk all day about this. Um, I want to make sure I'm respectful of your time because you've got wasps infiltrating no no we're i think they're trying to build a nest but we're checking out today so i think we're all right <clears throat> there you go so you guys where are you headed next on your tour um oh the tour is colorado so we have we're trying to make our way to broomfield colorado um where our next event is at the end of july then our next one after that is minneapolis um i think sometime in august then we're heading to St. Louis, and then the very last one isn't until October, and that's in Boston. Wow. Okay. I was just in Boston the other day. Well, so you guys, you got a few more few more months going on here then. Where are we? July, October? Mid-July, yep. Right on. A few more months. Yeah. Well, so you can, you're going to have a lot of space in between there. Do you guys have any big, uh, you know, hot spots you're trying to see and experience along the way? No. Um, <clears throat> so we prefer state parks. Um, state parks are, it turns out that they're really inexpensive compared to RV parks, which hmm. I don't expect you to know that. But, um, <laughs> I wouldn't know. <laughs> I, I, I didn't. This, dude, we, we bought this thing about a week before. So we had the dates set up. Yeah. Um, we've been shopping for an RV forever and we bought it about a week beforehand. Like we had, we just, we bought it, threw a bunch of stuff in it hoped it was the right stuff and then just took off like no knowledge of anything. This is, this is crazy. Um, yeah. So state parks are pretty awesome because you know, they're, I, again, I don't want to talk. We, we just have our preferences. Sure. So our RV parks, it turns out they pack you in, man. Like, like literally like sardine cans, you are right next door, right next door to your RV neighbor. And there's movies about this and, and like the types of neighbors that you might get. Well, they're, they're based on reality as far as I can tell. <laughs> But this is the problem, the way that these things are set up. So your door and picnic table might be right next to the sewer of the RV next to you, where, you know, it comes out of that. Yeah. And so you're sitting there staring at this. That, like, that's not our bag, man. Um, so we tend to hit state parks, and it's, this is, it's nature. Um, there's a lot of historic landmarks that we can teach the kids about. We've hit some national monuments. But then my kids are kids, man. Like, listen, we're both naturopaths. They eat sugar. Yeah. You know, they eat gluten. We have a, we have a legitimate couple legitimate dairy allergies in our family. So we don't do a lot of dairy, but yeah, I just made them pancakes this morning, man. It was like full gluten flour pancakes with yeah. sugar. Yeah. I know that that's heresy and why am I not feeding my kids paleo pancakes, but they're kids. And then, yeah. you know, I make it once a month or a couple of weeks, whatever. Um, but we also hit SeaWorld and Legoland and, and, you know, so we're, we're near Utah. There's a, the, where the Olympics were held. They have a bunch of zip lines and stuff. So I try to do the fun stuff with them. Yeah. Um, but then we learned about the Oregon Trail and went to the Grand Canyon. And, you know, so um, 
No. And in fact, I don't even know where we're going. We just, what's interesting is we have these destinations and then I need to get from point A to point B. I have no idea where we're staying yeah. two weeks prior. I just like, Oh, here's a state park. Let's try this. So no, no, I don't have anything specific. We're just trying to give them a, a variety of, of things. Yeah. Make an adventure of it. You know, I love Stay it. Stay away from people. Yeah. Kind of a little bit of like, you know, surrender control, which is almost something I feel like is a little bit of a theme of the conversation. You know, it's, uh, we have no control. You know, yeah, exactly. It's, There's no control to surrender. Policy of control, right? Like we, oh, we have we no control. Grip so tight onto what we we are trying. Everybody's trying to latch on to something, and uh, yeah, I think the the more you just kind of surrender and just sort of ex- appreciate the the beauty of the human experience for what it is, rather than all this other stuff. Yeah. You know, from a <clears throat> from a clinical perspective, and sorry, as much as this is a state park, we're right next to this highway, so it's a little loud. Um, from a clinical perspective, the, the more like control I see somebody trying to exert on their life, um, the more I focus on not the labs, but like mm-hmm. the, the more control, uh, how do I put this? The more control somebody's trying to exert, the less control they feel like they have mm-hmm. over some part of their life or internally or externally. And so the, the, the conversation then isn't about lab testing in those people, but like, why, why do you, giving back to this question of why, why do you have to be so regimented? So why do you be, what are you afraid of mm-hmm. as being out of control? So like the more OCD someone is, the more the conversation becomes psychological rather than physiological mm-hmm. because something tells me they're, they're hyper controlling themselves in their environment because they're so afraid of being out of control about something else. Yeah. So like you said, I mean, it's, there is no such thing as letting go of control because you don't have it and you can't let go of something you don't have in the first place. Right. Right. Anyhow, it's my boom. two cents on that. No, yeah, boom. totally. Yeah. That was a good mic drop moment. Cause it, it, it's, it's so true. Shoot. Well, this is good stuff. Um, honestly, I mean, this has been a, a real pleasure to be able to chat with you for, uh, quite a while and we'll uh i really look forward to continuing learning i want to be in your in your mastermind group thing but uh yeah i think your whole educational seminar was uh i mean as you saw with my raving review it, yeah it was it was just like one of the most grounding uh, and kind of enlightening you know educational things i've ever done i've done quite a few of them Good. so i just i i think what you're doing is is really amazing work both from and I like how as you said we kind of went macro to micro and then back to macro a little bit but that's what I really find a lot of passion in is sort of you know yeah we 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 go down that rabbit hole of science but then yeah kind of zooming out and I don't think enough people are zooming out and like what do we actually know or what do we think we know and um but it's the critical thinking you know and in the uh the humility the uh, surrendering of the control that we never had to begin with. So um, to say that what you're practicing, preaching, you know, living by is, is refreshing is, you know, to, to say the least. Right. So cool. well, I appreciate it. Um, yeah. That no, means a lot. I'm glad, I'm glad you had that experience. That's yeah. Why we do it. Absolutely. Well, I'm glad you guys did it and certainly kind of a fun adventure for all of you guys. So I'm sure you're ready to get back home, get, get back to, uh, normal life, but certainly, uh, I really appreciate the time that you've shared with me and everything that you're doing. 
Yeah, there may be a part two to this, though. I don't know. We keep, we keep, it depends on if the inverter dies, then my wife is like, we're never doing this again. Yeah. Uh, but we, we've kind of, we've reached a little stride with this and it's kind of enjoying it. It's, yeah. It's pretty, it's a pretty simple existence. My wife is talking about writing a book about it. There you go. Um, because of, you know, like, yeah, it's just, it's just been an interesting experience. Simplicity. Yeah. Food, food availability. Um, uh, spirituality yeah parenting um education like it's it's uh it's been really it's been very cool so there might be a part two i don't know we'll see yeah. how it all ends up but uh, yeah i think we'll you're really on to something uh with I all too. this and and <laughs> i really honestly it, it's been really fun having this conversation because it's you know it's one thing of like you know oh okay dr brian walsh and i'm gonna go study blood chemistry but then uh, it's cool of like what else I got out of it, but then being able to talk to you now of like what else you're getting out of it on your side uh, and sort of hearing and seeing, you know, the, the ups, the, the downs, everything in between. And, you know, I think this is kind of the beauty of life is when it just unfolds organically and you're just sort of pursuing what. what oh, I couldn't agree more. Right. <clears throat> you know, and so I, I yeah. honor this. No, I love it. Um, when you said like, I totally agree. And what something I've realized, I think, or, or I keep having sort of taught to me is the less effort something re it requires. Yeah. Then, then the more, and the more organic it kind of happens. Yeah. I mean, this was just an idea and here we only have four cities left before this. We had no idea if anybody was going to, but we had the dates. Yeah. We had the locations. We didn't know how we we're going to sell tickets. We didn't know if anybody was going to buy tickets. We didn't know, like we ran out of the zip drives uh, that, that like we, nothing, man, like totally unprepared. We tried, had no idea how it was going to go. And has, I mean, yeah, there's been some bumps, but it's kind of been, I don't want to say smooth sailing. I'm going to knock on wood for that. But yeah. um, like the less effort there is, the more that something just seems to kind of come to be right. organically, kind of like your conversation. I mean, you were talking about not wanting to have a, a pre-scripted, which I totally appreciate. Yeah. A podcast which is not prepared which is letting go of control because you don't know what someone's going to talk about or if you're just yeah. going to be sitting there twiddling your thumbs and there's <laughs> awkward silences or or whatever's going to happen um no i yeah like if if there's a lot of effort required for a thing yeah. sometimes i wonder if, if maybe that's supposed to happen or not i don't know i don't know yeah. maybe that's also the universe testing you to see how much resilience you have but totally um at the same time no i agree this has been this has been it's just kind of happened and I'm not really sure how. Yeah. Uh, I like it. I, I always kind of think of life as like almost, you know, we're, we're thrown into this river that has all of this, you know, mass with the water and it's flowing and it's doing its thing. And it's like, you know, you can try to fight the current. You can try to dash to one side. You can expend all of this energy frantically clawing at the water to try to control, sure. you know, or you can just, and lay on your back and, and flow. And yeah, you might, you might get run into a rock here and there and scrape up your knee. I guarantee you, you're probably going to have a much smoother experience. Just kind of relax and go with the flow and let it be where you're going to go. Well, I can use an animal experience uh, based on that too. And at Massacre Rock, there was this, this awesome river called Snake River. And it was the craziest thing. We saw these, they were kind of like ducks. They weren't ducks. They were something else. But they, f they were facing upstream, floating downstream, and using it, the current to eat. They would, huh. It's exactly what you were just saying. Like, they could try to swim against the current to eat, or they could go. But they were, f I've never seen it before. They were floating, all these birds were floating backwards, <laughs> but then dipping their little heads in to eat. 
And I thought, man, that's like really literally going with the flow yeah. and use, using the current to achieve what you wanted to achieve without, without any effort. So anyhow, yeah. I, I, uh, I know, these are stupid examples. I got nothing no, it's else. Good. I mean, it's good. <clears throat> just Min- quails and ducks. And, <laughs> yeah. and, and in fact, in, well, in fact, I was just thinking about after we get off this call, I got to go dump the tanks. Like, oh, like yeah. you know, the, the tanks, yeah. which, <laughs> like how, how non-sexy all this is. Right. Anyhow. No, I mean, talk, that, that's, no, it is, man. I mean, that's see ducks floating backwards and, and but no, there, there, there's, that, that's, what's been interesting about this is like, I know that we, we, you know, we talk about being mindful. <clears throat> we talk about going into nature and we're not intentionally going into nature for the reasons of going into nature, but being in it, you observe, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, I, I feel like we're like, Oh, we, we need to get back to nature more. And then that's the intent. And then you get to nature and you're like, all right, nature, what are you going to give me? Yeah. <laughs> I'm ready. Yeah. Versus like, we're just, we've been stuck in nature quite a bit and then, and not trying to be in it, but seeing what comes of it while you're in it, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I have, those are my stories that and dumping poop tanks. So yeah. Yeah. Not exciting. No, I, I love all that. Well, I don't want to delay you from doing. That. Yeah, that's not, that. That is my next task. I mean, literally, I'm like, well, yeah. we got to check out. So that means I got to dump it. Yeah, oh, well. it. You know, it shit happens, right? Well, you said own it, right? <laughs> right. Gotta, yeah. Step you number do. one is own it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, very good. This has been uh, an amazingly enriching, fun conversation. You know, certainly my hope is. You know, like selfishly, I've, I've enjoyed it for myself, but obviously the hope is uh, it reaches people and, you know, gets some some good thought provoking. And, and certainly I hope uh, uh, more people uh, attend your seminar and, and, and learn from me. I, I'm excited. So if there is a part two, I'll be the first one to sign up, tell you that much. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. I'll, 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 I'll let you get through the rest of this year before uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I pester you about that one. But um, amazing work. And, and again, thank you so much for your time. Cool. For, no, thank you. you. No, it was, it was a, it was a lot of fun. Um, and for your, for your part, you're, um, yeah, you're an impressive dude, man. Uh, honestly, you, uh, you sat up right up in front, taking a tons of notes. You knew, you knew probably more answers to my questions than most people. Um, and, uh, I see, I see really good things for you in this industry because of the trajectory that you're on until you have a bunch of kids and a wife and you better watch out. So, <laughs> Yeah, well, that really, I mean, that that really means the world, honestly. It's it's exciting because I'm just a dude kind of doing my thing and I'm trying to practice all these things that we're talking about. And, uh, you know, it's like you think and then you have to question everything you know and it's like, oh, oh you yeah. know, so, um, but that's, you know, that's navigating reality. We're all just doing our thing. So, um, yeah, it's uh, amazing to hear that and uh, appreciate it. I'm excited. Good deal. All right, man. man. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Tell tell the wife and kids said, hey, safe travels. I'll be uh, watching your emails. Hopefully the next email I get uh, isn't about this near-death experience of earthquake and rock slides. Dude, (laughs) I mean, you know what? We, uh, the the short story is, I'm not even, I'm not even kidding on this one. This was the, I, I, this was the hairiest. That was the intense email. Dude. (laughs) So the GPS, for some reason, it was two ro- two lanes down to one, and there was no like warning signs. It was a, so this the RV I think is like I think it's eight feet wide, something like that, and most roads are about twelve. Yeah. And this was going up a mountain pass. It was one lane, and I'm not kidding you, man. Like I'm not kidding. This is this is I, I joke around a lot. 
like my I, I can't even tell you it was bad it was really really bad yeah um the edge was right there like this thing's 38 feet it was it was i was i had to stop and, and blow the air on me i was i was sweating dude it was like yeah it, it was potentially a really bad situation yeah um and there was this one spot where i was able to turn this thing around thank god um it was bad so yeah. anyways yeah like like that was a that was a true that was the only time i've been afraid like like legitimately afraid of bad things in yeah. a very long time it was if you could picture a huge rv on a narrow mountain road just skirting the edge it was it, that's what it was oh, well, i'm yeah. about done here i'm wrapping it up you have no power oh, all right see there we go so I got oh there yeah i'll let you go, go save the day but yeah the that was intense email so safe travels uh Right. And yeah, I'm sure we'll talk soon, but again, thank you. All right, man. It was good. All right, man. Thanks, Brendan. Hey, thank you. Have a good one. All right, you too. Bye.